Turns out that we're bigger and better than ever. You should get in touch. Right. Right? Great. Bigger and better than ever. Bigger and better. world. Welcome to the Postlight podcast. I'm Gina Trapani, CEO of Postlight. And as always, I'm joined by my partner in this business and president of Postlight, Chris Osako. Hi, Gina. Hey, Chris. How's it going? Oh, I'm having a good day. It's a good day at the Postlight office really today. Yeah. We have, we have a special guest here with us we, in the podcast studio. We do. Wayne Bush. There's a lot of titles, a lot of words in your title, Wayne. Yeah. Group president of Consulting and Digital Transformation Services? It does sound very long. It's quite a bit simpler it's than got, that. It's got authority, though. Yes. I like it. <laughs> and Wayne is from NTT Data, who are our new parents. Yes. Oh, kind of crazy thing happened to us about a month ago, two months ago. Mm-hmm. We became an NTT Data company. Uh, we joined this incredible organization that is, you know, uh, at a scale that I have not, I haven't digested the org chart yet at all. I think it's going to take me a couple of years, but I'm so excited to have Wayne here and talk about like, what is NTD data? And, you know, what's the future look like for digital transformation, which is like a big, heavy phrase. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, first off, welcome both of you, Gina, and Chris, and, and the whole Postlight team. I'm, I'm excited to be here in New York today with, with the team and great to talking about you. where we're going together. I, I'd say it's a lot less like a parent than it is a collaboration. Oh. So, uh, you know, something, something weird may have happened, but it, I think it's something wonderful. This is why we're this doing is, this. This is exactly this, this is, is the reason why this is such a great, great organization, great arrangement. So tell us about NTT data. Like, what is it? You know, there's a relationship to this larger group. NTT. Sure. Lay it out for the listeners. Like, what is this company? How does it fit into the larger world? Sure. Well, it's, it's the best little big technology company that most people don't know. Mm-hmm. You know, we're part of, you know, one of the top 75 companies in the world, NTT, Nippon Telegraph and Telephone. One of the world's largest telecommunications and you know services business, NTT Data is is the technology services arm of mm-hmm. of NTT, and it's been a business that's been grown by acquisition, as as you've witnessed yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, its brand in, in North America isn't as well known, based upon us coming together from a number of acquisitions, and so a number of people may know the company from some of its uh, historic acquisitions, like Keen or. Dell Services or Carlisle and Gallagher or like yourselves, Nexient, mm-hmm. Corio, others who've joined joined the fold. But broadly, we're a, a global telecommunications and uh, technology services company. You know, really, our our intention is to be you know the best technology company. You know, serving the you know modern clients with with modern technology and you know transformation of their businesses. Early in my career, I was working at a startup on some wireless stuff, and we were keeping our eye on this, uh, you know, really interesting company in Japan called NTT Docomo yep. uh, that was doing the next level of mobile stuff, you know, that it was like, oh, America's so behind, right? With, And do I have this right? NTT invented emoji? That's true. That That's is, true. See, that sealed the deal for me, Chris. That's, I was like, this is, this, that is, this the is best. pure. This is yeah. innovation. <laughs> Yeah, it, it's actually quite amazing when when you look at simple things like that that were you know part of our our legacy, our, our history. Incredible. And you know you look at us spending three or four billion dollars a year on you know R and D and innovation, and you think about how 
you know, telecommunications and digital technologies transformed everything we do, right? Yeah. Between our phones and the data and the advice that we get. And, you know, we're part of all that in one capacity or another. Tell us a little bit about your story, Wayne. Like, where did you come from? Sure. How did you end up at NTT Data? Yeah, well, a weird little thing happened to me in my career about <laughs> about four years ago. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I was blessed to spend the first uh, 26 years of my career at a, a little company called Accenture. Oh, I think <laughs> I know that. Yeah. I think maybe that rings a bell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, great, great company. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed my time there. But, you know, frankly, after 26 years, I was getting a little bored and I felt like I'd done everything that, that I wanted to do there. But I still had plenty of career left. And so I was looking for opportunities to my game and, and life is all about growth. I care about growth of businesses, of people, of communities, mm-hmm. you know, of us as human beings. Sure. And so I was looking for the next opportunity to think about, you know, how can I contribute to the growth of an organization that I think focuses on three things in this order? One is their clients, the second is their people, and the third is themselves. And, uh, you know, I got the right call at the right time as I was, you know, exploring that. And, you know, what I found as I explored a little bit more the the legacy and the history is it's a fantastic organization. And I love the fact that we're big and small in terms of, you know, being a global company, but still, you know, local to North America and, you know, thinking about our clients and, you know, their business models and their customers. I love our Japanese heritage in terms of how we think about things for the long term. A lot of corporations think about how do I get to the end of the quarter, Yes. right? Our company thinks about, you know, midterm plans as like five years yeah. away. Um, I think the long-term commitment to our clients and our employees really makes us unique in terms of where and how we invest and the fact that we're really in it for the long term. Mm-hmm. A lot of people say they are, right? But when it comes down to make a decision at the end of the year about, you know, is it good for you or good for me? you know, that, that's when it, the decisions get tougher. And, you know, I feel super confident that, you know, we're, we're in this for our clients and our employees. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I, I remember you saying to us early on at one point that we think in like five or 10 yeah. year cycles. And I was like, oh my God. Made an impression on me. A profound yeah. impression on me, actually. We didn't hear that. <laughs> we didn't hear that elsewhere. Right. And we, you know, we thought in like five week cycles and it just yeah. it's a very different and refreshing mentality. And especially as you're thinking about long-term strategic client partnerships, which is what we have and continue to aspire to. And knowing that that's the orientation of of your group and the wider company is is just, uh, it's just fantastic. How do you position CDTS, consulting and digital transformation services, like in the the market, especially when you compare it to some of the other players that are in the space? So when we think about digital transformation, you know, there used to be a, a time not too long ago when a lot of our clients would take on a transformation program. And they would, you know, think about it as, okay, I've got this two-year program of change where we need to reinvent some things, add some new products to the mix, maybe replatform certain parts of our business, yep. and then we'll be competitive and we're good, right? And and that usually was like, hey, we're going to spend $300 million over two years, but then, like, we've got our new corporate strategy and everything's great. And I think we've long moved away from that. COVID accelerated it in terms of the digitization of, of, of everything and, yes. and our personal and, and work lives. Yep. And so I think we're in a state of constant transformation where we're always changing uh, our products, our services, how and where we deliver. You know, so in order to be an effective partner in that environment, you need to understand three things. One is what is the client's business, right? And that's what our consulting business is really about, right? Understanding the products and services and profitability of how a client engages with their customers, how they make money, how they keep long-term value through client relationships, you know, the second is through uh, digital transformation tools. And so, you know, what are those, right? Like mm-hmm. Big names like, you know, cloud and data and 
UX and you know other capabilities like that. And those are really just transformation levers, right? Things that companies use to create new value for, for their customers or for themselves as it relates to running a business more efficiently and effectively. And then the last is the long-term proposition of, of having to run an efficient and effective business in, in the face of a constantly changing environment. And, you know, everybody's got to, to think about, you know, how they uh, are resilient and, and run a resilient business. One, you know, whether we talk about things like COVID or economic disruption and recession that, you know, may or may not be coming at any point in the future and, you know, planning for that and creating a, a flexible, you know, model you, know, you look at all those things and, you know, deep understanding of industry, deep understanding of, of how to change a business model and, you know, deep understanding of how to help somebody operate their business most e- efficiently. I, I think we present a, a pretty compelling combination of skills and they're in different mixes depending upon our client situation. And we want to meet them where they are. And I think that that is also a little bit of, of our heritage in terms of you know, not being too overconfident in, in our views of the world or of a given situation, but but being humble enough to lean into those kind of discussions with our best thinking and our clients' best thinking so that, you know, they get the best possible outcome. Mm-hmm. What is it about consulting and client services? Like you, you've talked about an NTT data is very client-centric, clients first is something that also made a big impression on me. And I think there's a, there's a particular kind of, I think there are probably a lot of people who listen to our show who are in-house or, or who, who wonder about, you know, why do you get into, into client services or what, it's, what is it like to work in consulting? What drew you, I mean, you've had a long career, what drew you to it and what do you love about it? And ah, maybe what don't you love about it? Sure. <laughs> sure. It, it has been a few decades yeah. since, since I've been in the industry and, you know, it's sort of like dog years sometimes. So <laughs> to some people, I'm still quite young and to others, I'm, I'm quite old, but it's been a great, it's great, been a great experience so far. So what drew me to consulting originally was the opportunity to make change in a short period of time. Mm. Right? Generally, when people engage consultants, what, what they want to do is they want to make a significant change, either in their products or their processes or their technology platforms, how they engage with their employees or their customers. And there's a bias for action. And I very much, I very much love the intensity of consulting in terms of getting to an outcome in a, in a short period of time. Yes. And so, you know, I've always found that exciting. And, you know, I look back at probably served well north of 100 clients personally. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the experience that I've developed in doing that creates a unique perspective for me as an individual that nobody else in the world has. Yes. Right. Based upon my personal experience. And that makes me, you know, when, when I'm on my best day and bringing all that experience to bear, it creates a great opportunity for me to offer the very best advice that I can provide a client. And when you combine the ability to provide advice with the ability to execute or to action that advice, mm-hmm. right, especially at, at velocity, right, because these days, you know, one or two year you know, timeframes are too long. You're talking about five or six weeks right. in terms of, you know, agile product development cycles and getting things into the marketplace and yes. competitive landscapes. So when you combine great advice with great execution, right, there's really something to be proud of. And I love nothing more than, you know, having a client with a problem that they don't know how to solve and being able to help them figure out both the intellectual solution and then how to implement it and seeing it in the marketplace, whether that's with a, a brand or a product or service or, you know, just seeing it in their results and, you know, often, you know, they don't say thanks, thanks to you individually, Mr. Wayne Bush or, or your organization. Right. But, you know, I know that I've got some fingerprints on that. So that creates some personal satisfaction of having made a difference. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes a lot of sense to me. I, I uh, walk through the world and every once in a while I'm like, oh, post site client, hmm, 
most like client, like, and I, and I yep. feel good. And, you know, and, and post light isn't, you know, or maybe our name isn't anywhere. Like, you, you know, you don't get really, you don't always get credit necessarily, but you're like, oh, I, you know, I helped, I helped uh, that happen. There's a, there's a lot of big sense of accomplishment and meaning in that for sure. Yeah. Something that most people don't understand about consultants is they, sometimes they view them sort of, you know, glory hounds and mm-hmm. yeah. you know, what they really, really take pride in is the results of their work. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, you look at the lifestyle of most consultants, it's not an eight to five lifestyle. It's a six or seven day a week job with lots of travel and, you know, 12 plus hour days. And that's really all about trying to get to an answer, trying to get to a result. And, and people take great pride in that, you know, both with an individual assignment over the course of their careers. I know I can mark you know, five or six key moments in my life that are driven by something I did for a client that had a meaningful outcome that that really shaped not just my work life, but but my life. Um, you know, that, that's been something I've always been, you know, happy to reflect on. So I love that you you talk about acceleration and and speeding things up because I, I it very much mirrors when post like gets brought in, you know, nine times out of ten, it's because the client wants to go faster. Right. They want to enable something that they're not able to do. And that is both very challenging, but also very rewarding if you can bring that to an organization that that hasn't been able to unlock it for whatever reason and you were able to. I can speak personally. I love it. Our teams love it. And I think it's one of the reasons why our ethos aligns so nicely with NTG Data and its ethos because it's very much the same end goal, you know. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, you know, sometimes it, it's easier when you're on the outside to say, you know, something that you, know, you, you can take some great personal risk with because yes. you're not part of the organization. That's right. And so, you know, we've been going through our own transformation as a company as we've gotten more digital and grown our advisory capabilities. I and mean, I've had to bring a lot of my, my consulting skills to the table. But as somebody who's also having to live the results right, of you're that. you're inside the political yeah. machine of the org. And you, yeah, I have to behave slightly differently. Yes. Right? I'm not yeah, expendable. You I can't, right. you, know, you know, be quite as, you know, specific and aggressive around some of the, you know, immediacy of, of goals. Mm-hmm. It's, so it's, it's really great to be able to, to experience it from my clients' right. shoes in terms of the kind of transformation. And, you know, I've certainly bought consulting services before and, mm-hmm. and witnessed that as a, a customer or a consumer of those. And it, it's good to be on the other side of the table because it makes you a better consultant. Yep. Well said. T- tell us a little bit about NTT Data's growth strategy involving acquisitions. That we, sure. we joined a family of companies that are, I mean, some kind of amazing, amazing sibling companies really now. Do. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how uh, NTT Data is viewing that and how, how you're viewing those companies and how you choose which companies you're interested in acquiring and how that goes. Sure. Well, you know, our growth strategy is you know anchored by acquisition and, and our history. And, you know, I think we're trying right now to have a, a really disciplined view of, you know, growth and and our digital business being, you know, roughly 50% acquisition and and 50% organic. Mm -hmm. And so through doing that, you know, we have to figure out where the areas that we already have the capabilities, the right to win, the brand that is uh, required, and where are some places that we need to augment it. And so, you know, over the course of, you know, let's say the past, you know, 18 months, we've added organizations like Corio, which is you know, one of the leading pure ServiceNow advisory firms that's really uh, helped us with our digital transformation capability. As you look at the, the ServiceNow agenda of being a, a digital transformation tool, mm-hmm. we look at other organizations like uh, like HashMap and the data space. 
when we look out at uh, you know cloud-based data solutions and you know needing to get you know more insight out of you know your operations, your you know your platforms in the cloud. A lot yeah. of people think of the cloud as a destination, and it's really just the start of the journey, right? Yeah. Now you have better you know better tools and capabilities to leverage, and so with partners like Snowflake and, and such, HashMap's really extended our capability there. And then, you know, we've really thought, you know, long and hard about, you know, trying to, to help our clients create new products and services. And, you know, there's certainly, we, we've been an expert in, in modernization for a long time as it relates to people's you know, operating models and processes and infrastructure and applications, but really creating new, new product and service capabilities, you know, up until maybe the last 18 months wasn't a strength of ours. And so, you know, we've acquired three organizations in the past year that have really created a a half billion dollar you know business that it creates both scale and innovative thinking in, in the marketplace and you know that started with Nexient you know last year and then Vectorform and, and Postlight this year mm-hmm. and and the beauty of of each of these organizations is it's not just a scale player being duplicative it's each unique capabilities you know market segments customer bases that I think creates a really powerful opportunity and so. If you can think about digital transformation as going one of two ways, right? Being customer driven around products and services, right? We've got a product, you know, design, innovation, and, and delivery capability that's now backed up by three great brands that are mm-hmm. all NTT data companies. Or if you think about people looking at their existing capabilities and wanting to modernize those, again, their existing infrastructure, applications, processes, data, a long history of being able to do that. So we can either start from customer side or we can start from our, our client side and and really meet in the middle where the transformation happens and, and that's where that's where commerce happens yeah yeah wait let's paint a picture you're at a backyard barbecue it's family and friends and someone says what do you do and you give them their title and they say what is digital transformation <laughs> i really struggle with this myself so i'm curious to hear what your answer the backyard barbecue answer is what's digital transformation well i've long struggled to explain my career to my parents and so <laughs> i always try to th- i always try to think about it in that context so so the backyard barbecue is a, a good metaphor in, in this case you know I, I think you know digital transformation is quite simple it, it's using technology to make sustainable change and you know and to create new value I'm stealing that. That's yeah. good. That That's real good. So, you know, technology, I mean, every every company's a technology company now. It used to be a department, right? That it, A while back, it was the data processing group, oh, yeah. right? Sure. And, in fact, you know, when I was born, my, my mother was a, you know, worked the overnight shift doing data processing, you know, I hate to say nice. it, probably with like punch cards and, and yeah. stuff yeah. To, to handle their, their finance systems every night. So, like, that's what it looked like when I was, you know, in the womb. And so things have changed quite a bit. But, you know, with each successive uh, innovation that comes through technology, it offers, you know, chances to, to rethink, not just to, to adjust or to, you know, replatform or enhance, but to rethink business models. And again, I think with what we've seen, you know, in the COVID-driven environment over the last couple of years is, you know, it, it accelerated digital transformation by five or 10 years mm-hmm. where, you know, there, there wasn't a, a discussion not too long ago where digital was a channel. Right. right. We right. talked about multi-channel architecture and digital being one of those channels. Well, now digital is the way people engage. Exactly. And so it, it is no longer an option. It is a way of doing business. And I think it creates new disruptive you know, models. You know, it doesn't take a genius to look at the stock values for some of these companies that have created innovative new business models that are anchored by technology. You know, longstanding companies are trying to figure out how to be relevant in, in that model. 
And what do they need to do? They need to think about how to transform, you know, their, their existing business and, and to monetize their customers and the assets and the capabilities they've got by, by transforming them into a, a digitally led mindset. As you think ahead and you think about the broadened capability set, both with the acquisitions and with the, the growth that the team has had organically at NTT Data, what kind of clients do you want to attract? Like, who do you think, I mean, some of the problems you just kind of outlined, they're a step or two behind and they want to catch up, uh, they could approach us. But, you know, who shows up at your door who's a dream client who you feel like we could do tremendous work for them? Well, I mean, we serve enterprise clients as our primary market. So we a pretty diverse group of, you know, large middle market and certainly some smaller clients. But but broadly, you know, we serve the enterprise market. And so, you know, when you think about it, you know, we're talking about, you know, large companies. Large companies have large problems, right? Small companies yeah. have small problems. Large companies have large problems. Yep. And so, you know, a typical client for us is, is a client who's, you know, demonstrated some success in the marketplace and are trying to figure out, you know, what the next, you know, wave of, of growth you know, it looks like for them, yeah. largely their you know approach the the market is is looking for both advice as well as execution uh, support, so that you know we can bring you know both of those capabilities that we have to the table, and and I think there are people who are interested in you know long term relationships and and win win, you know we don't aspire to you know help a client you know once and and you know walk out the door and and you know say never more. We'd like to help them be successful in the marketplace today, you know, tomorrow and, and in the future by bringing the best things that we can to the table. And so, you know, when, when I look for those clients, you know, you, we could say that they're clients who are already winners in their industry. They're, they're investing in how to maintain that, that leadership. Sure. They're clients who may be losing some of that leadership and trying to figure out how to reposition those businesses or at least a portion uh, of those businesses and capabilities. And so, you know, I, I think what we're able to do applies to a broad array of clients. And I think what makes, you know, this job and, and this industry so exciting is each one is unique. Yeah. It's the first thing every client will tell you, hey, we're unique. And, and the reality is they are. Right. right? Yeah. We may have some some solutions that are common to the industry, but, uh, you know, applying them and making them unique to that client's mission, that client's history, that client's customer set, their brand proposition, uh, that always makes it unique. And, and that's why it's not rinse and repeat. That, that's why it's exciting each and every day. Uh, where you don't feel like you're doing the same thing you did last week or last month or last year. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's one of the best parts of the job, actually, that you get to do new, new and interesting things every time. It's it is never rinse and repeat. Yeah, I mean, we you know we talked about acceleration before. It's also something Gina and I say is it's working at an agency like Postlight uh, or the like. It's a career accelerator because you do get a lot of these different experiences. You do have to customize what you're doing to meet the needs of your client and that industry and that landscape, and you're going to be solving new and different problems. Some of them may look similar to problems you've solved before, but you've got to, you know, have enough of a broad capability set to apply to a lot of different kinds of things, which is great. Yeah, I've always viewed it as like building blocks, right? You've got an, an array of things that you've built experiences in and are trying to to figure out how to bring to, to a solution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe you know half of the answer or a third of the answer, or maybe you're lucky and you know three quarters of the answer. I think the art to being a consultant is being a great listener and understanding, you know, what your clients' real issues are, right? And being humble enough to uh, bring what you've got to the table, but also know that you collectively are going to learn, you know, new things. And and to your point, that's great in terms of co-creation and and innovation in that specific scenario. But it's also great to a practitioner who's developing a long-term career because it does accelerate their development, right? They learn new things, 
I tell people if I'm not doing something differently this quarter than I did last quarter, I'm not happy. Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're stagnating. Yeah. Right? And that's I need a failure that. state, actually, right? right? You want to be growing. You have to kind of get co- comfortable with being uncomfortable and maybe not not knowing. That's like right. no, collecting the blocks, knowing what you know, knowing what you don't know, like being both, you know, opinionated and have a point of view, but also being humble and listening and being open to learning. I mean that Absolutely. that's that's true. That's true. Yeah, I think about it like uh, I've never designed buildings, but I imagine an architect doesn't want to like draw up the same building time after time after, you know, they're going to work with their client, figure out what they need Mm -hmm. and then bring their experience, but also like some new co-creation and some new, you know, some newness to it, which is very satisfying. Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, there was a, there was a time when, you know, a lot of technology was, you know, repeated. Like, so, you know, we've implemented SAP 700 times. So we're the best SAP implementation company or whatever. And, you know, experience certainly counts for a lot, but as, as we've gotten to a place where innovation and expanding the, you know, the solution beyond what's been done before requires, you know, multidisciplinary cross-functional teams in order to solve problems and, you know, to do it in a a nimble or or flexible way. And I think that brings a whole new set of, of capabilities and learnings to the table where, you know, flexibility and, and willingness to be a little uncomfortable and, and to lean into that yeah. and to be confident in doing it, but but not overconfident and yes. knowing exactly how it'll turn out, I think creates, you know, the best possible outcomes because that that's where the spark gets gets lit is, you know, in a place where people are willing to bring what they've got to the table, but not presume they know the answer. So Wayne, we we have joined just like I said, an incredible group of companies with Vectorform and Nexient and now Postlight's an NTT data company. And the, the question that I get from clients, from friends, from my mom, which is like, so Postlight was acquired? So what like, what does that mean? And I say, it means that we're Postlight, an NTT data company. We get to keep being Postlight. Uh, and everyone's like, really? I'm like, yeah, that's what's awesome about this. How do you think about, I mean, you, you know, you've got a collection of brands here. How do you think about the brands that you bring in via acquisition? And how does NTT Data, you know, view those brands and, and you know, move forward in the future with them? Sure. Well, I guess, I guess first off, it is still Postlight, an NTT Data company, which which means it's, it's definitely still Postlight. And you can view short and long-term brand strategies and marketing capabilities and, and whatnot of you know, how brands have value in the marketplace. But I think the most important part to this, our strategy in terms of acquisition is magnifying and retaining culture and capability, right? Because each, each name means something, but what's behind it is a set of capabilities of people, of a culture mm-hmm. that, that exists that make up that brand, and one thing we're committed to as an organization is retaining and enhancing that versus trying to integrate and digest it. There's a large number of organizations that think about it as, you know, I'm going to bring it in and, and make it my own. I think we look at it the other way, which is, you know, how do we magnify all the great things that you've done for your employees and, and for your clients and make it more relevant in the marketplace and make people even happier to be part of a, of a larger organization. And we've talked about it being the highest common denominator. We want the best possible experience and service and, yeah. and offerings. I'll steal that from our colleague, Aaron Millstone, but yeah. <laughs> um, he, he's right. It's, it's we want the best possible combination of those things. And so, you know, in doing so, you know, the, the goal here is to make sure that you continue to do what makes you unique, right? We help you, you know, do that at an even larger scale to create more impact for our clients, to create more growth opportunities for your employees, 
and frankly, to have a, a greater impact on, on the business over time. You know, that may mean as, as we move forward that, you know, different names, you know, come and go. But you know, at the end of the day, it's the culture that ends up being the thing that's most important, not just the capability or, or the name or, you know, the history. There it is from the horse's mouth. I mean, <laughs> that was wonderful. And it's something we so appreciated, I think, is we got to know you and the rest of the team when we were talking during the, the process, knowing that that you saw the value in our culture and the fact that, you know, we've seen it happen in the other, with the other acquisitions and their cultures yeah. have been maintained and it's been. And their capabilities are actually amplified. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's been, it's been wonderful to sort of see everything coming together under this umbrella. So we're super excited. Postlight, an NTT data company. We get to be more Postlight. You, you're, 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 yeah. Even more Postlight than you were before. Even, yeah. even more Postlight than we were before. I'd love that. Wayne, thank you so much for joining us today, really? both in the office and on the podcast. We were like really excited to introduce, uh, start to introduce all the really smart and thoughtful folks at NTT Data. I'm so glad you were the first one to join us on the show. It was really great to have you. If you're listening to the show and you want to get in touch, you should. So Postlight, an NTT Data Company. We are a digital strategy, design, and engineering firm. We are based in New York City, but we're spread throughout the United States. And we want to hear what digital transformation efforts and what mean to you. Mean to you. Yeah, what, what you've got going on in your org, products, and platform. You should send us a note. How do people get in touch, Chris? Hello at postlight.com. We would love to hear from you. And now we've got a much wider capability set that we can tap into in addition to the core product design and engineering work that Postlight is so good at. So we'd love to hear what's troubling you, what's keeping you up at night. Absolutely. Send us a note. Hello, postlight.com. Thanks, everyone. This was a lot of fun. Thank you again, Wayne. Thank you. Thank you. Bye.